welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Um, I think I'm probably unique here. My dad took me to my first rugby international. I must have been so small, he put me up on top of his shoulders because in the old Lansdowne Road, there was a squeeze going out the gates and he put me up and I saw the sit. But I remember that first one and I remember the last one I was at and it was probably maybe 80 or 90 internationals in between he, he took me to. But that was against Wales in 59 and we lost by two points. And all I remember was the fights. I mean, the Welsh front row, and I'm sure they've changed, brother, they were all coal miners. Second row, coal miners. I think there was one doctor on the team, and he was full back. And we were, anyway, and uh, I have wonderful um, memories of just rugby, and I remember Eric in the 90s playing when we didn't have a great team, but he's Sean, and then that Lions tour in 97 where he went, and he played in one or two tests. It was wonderful. We won the series then. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, sometimes when you're, when you're on for speaking, preaching or sharing, you're kind of, you're listening, uh, uh, is there something happening? And, and there's been a real common theme through uh, the meeting today, uh, through various personalities, very different personalities and voice. And, and of course, it's, it's, it's nothing uh, uh, starting to say, but there's been a great theme of the movings of the Spirit, the movings of the Holy Spirit. In, in stories, in testimonies, and, and in events. And during the week, it was suggested to me because I didn't realize that today is Pentecost Sunday in the church uh, calendar. I don't uh, look up too much what the church calendar really is because uh, uh, when we have this, but it's actually Pentecost Sunday. So it was suggested I share a little bit on the Holy Spirit. Now, when you've been walking with the Lord a number of years, you, you accumulate plenty to share about even the doctrines and everything else but I I want to touch on a few things I mean it's a huge subject millions of words have been spoken thousands of sermons have been preached on the subject of the marvelous Holy Spirit but I was just thinking this morning when Jesus said to his disciples he said guys it's to your advantage I'm going to go away and they said huh we're going to be without you and they didn't really hear what he said no he said it's to your advantage and you can read about it, he says it in John 14, 15, what the Holy Spirit will do. And of course, most people who want to speak on Pentecost Sunday will go to Acts chapter 2 and talk about wonderful, that once, once the beginning of a universal outpouring, the way had been made. You see, in John 7, when he had this cry in his heart at the feast, and he cried out, and they were, they were doing all sorts of things. It was old religion. The meaning had gone. Part of, the, part of the, the feast they were doing involved pouring down big containers of water down the steps of the temple and all this water. And he would say, oh, there's a greater river to come. There's a greater flowing to come. And he, he shouted out, and he said, the time is coming that out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. And then, of course, he had to make the way so that... God in his justice could pour forth the Holy Spirit on unholy earth and into unholy vessels and into unholy atmospheres because the way had been made acceptable because what Jesus had done. Hallelujah. And that's why the cross is the, is the centrality of, of why we come to this. But he, 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 he said to them, just another thing before he went away, he said, 
stay in Jerusalem. And I said, no, no, it's the last place we want to stay. There's a bounty on that. He said, stay in Jerusalem, tarry until the promise of the Father has come. And they did, 120 of them. And then we know this, what happened in Acts chapter 2. But this morning, I just briefly want to, fairly briefly, I want to instead just focus on the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. All right, because he is our example. He is our role model. And he became a man. It's one of the mysteries. He was truly man, 100% man, and truly God. In him, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. And yet, he said, Paul, Paul revealed that he, he emptied himself of that ability and he relied totally on the Holy Spirit for a number of reasons, but one is so that, that we can see as we read the Scriptures, read the Gospel, that how Jesus moved is how we can move. And it isn't blasphemous to think that. He wants us. He said, I'm the first of many brothers. When he comes, he will bring you into all truth, etc., etc. So I just want you to turn to one chapter. Hope you have your Bibles or your tablets or wherever you, you read from, and it's in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Uh, can I just remind you that... that um, Matthew portrays Jesus as the king. Mark as the servant. John as the son of God. But Luke, writing more to the Greek hearer, the Greek mind, he portrays Jesus as the man. He is the man. (laughs) And so all the varied outcomes and activities of the Holy Spirit exhibited in this ideal perfect man, in principle and in truth, can also be experienced, maybe not to the same degree, but we can be experienced by anyone who's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I had a privilege uh, for maybe 24 years of going very regularly to China. And I worked with a man and his wife. They pioneered a tremendous work of rescuing uh, abandoned children. We picked them up off the gutters in police stations. Uh, in the dying rooms of welfare centers where they were dying. It was just a wonderful work. And this man, I had the privilege of what I had, had understood and had experienced in measure, actually seen in action. He was a man who moved by the Holy Spirit. Very natural man. He was an ex-British Army uh, major uh, and very intelligent man. He learned Chinese, but he was so down to earth. He was so, we had wonderful times yet. He could tell jokes, he could laugh. He was a former uh, front row rugby player for some Welsh team. And, and we just, we hit it off immediately. We met by accident on a ferry once in Hong Kong and we hit it off. And in fact, he's coming uh, uh, to, to visit us in a few years' time. He's, he's in his 80s. But I saw he, he was moved. And I saw in practice what I've what I read in the book. I saw in practice what I actually had in part experienced, that infilling of the Holy Spirit, and how he was able to go in in front of of communist officials on quite a high level who had a direct uh, uh, um, uh, communication with the president of China in Beijing, and being able to just tell them what, what we were doing. And they were speechless you know, three, four generations of atheistic philosophy, and they said, ah, you are doing right. You want building? And he said, yes, because the Holy Spirit had told them they were going to give him the building. Ha, how many buildings do you want? Now, he hadn't expected that. And so it was a season that the Holy Spirit, and I was in his his slipstream, (laughs) carrying his cases with this man, and he'd phone me up sometimes very early in the morning, and he'd be having his tea in the hotel room. And I said, Larry... I, I feel we should cancel this and do that. And at first it was a bit awkward, but after a while, 
I began to realize this man is moving, in a sense, the way that Jesus moved, at, at the unction of the Holy Spirit. So what I say, I don't want it to be dead. I don't want it to be just theory. I don't want it, yes, I believe in truth. I believe in doctrine. I believe in scripture. It's absolutely important that we do this. But, but it's his, he brings life. And he brings life now. And in one sense, whether you've ever experienced being filled with the Spirit or whether you've experienced it for 50 years or not, he, he, he brings fresh life. Paul says, be ye filled every day. <laughs> yes, of course, it's an initial one. Uh, 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 for me, it was on the beach in, in, uh, in Santa Monica Beach, late one evening, uh, uh, um, and I, I, I landed myself there. I wanted to go to Hollywood, didn't go to Hollywood. Instead, I ended up there. I met some Christians, and they were Pentecostal Christians. I'd never heard of them. I thought they were a bit wild. And now I was on my own on the beach, but I knew what they had that I wanted. Yes, I had turned to the Lord. I was, I was inquiring. I was reading the scripture. And by faith, we receive everything by faith. So even today, you can receive fresh fillings by faith. You can receive initial filling by faith. Uh, uh, um, to be filled by the Spirit is an impossibility to man but all things are possible to him. We can't buy it, we can't bribe it, we can't earn it, but we have to ask for it. We have to ask. And on the day of Pentecost, those men, those religious men, they probably heard, heard even the Lord Jesus himself speak in Jerusalem. They were Jewish, and, and, and Peter gets up and speaks, but they came to a, a stage where they needed, they felt, they felt, they said, what shall we do? when they heard. It said they were, they, were, they were quickened in their heart. They were pierced in their spirit. Something happened to them. And, and that's what happens when the spirit moves. So in, in Luke chapter 4, we read four things. Now, there are many aspects of the moving of the spirits in the Lord Jesus' life. Here's four of them. All right, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was, number two, led by the Spirit, my Bible says into the wilderness. A better reading is in the wilderness. We'll have a look at that in the middle in a minute because actually we live in the middle of wilderness. <laughs> okay, so he was led in it. And then if you, um, it's over the page for me in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. There's the third one, anointed. And verse 19, um, uh, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Um, oh yes, no, there's, there's one before that. He was empowered by the Spirit. Um, where does it say he was empowered? In verse 14. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. So, empowered by the Spirit in 14 and um, anointed in 18. So, there's four. That's enough for us to go on with today because they only have an hour and a half. <laughs> it's okay, guys. But just, just to touch on a few points, we, we don't have the time to take every one of those out, but there's some. And Lord Jesus, how you were led, how you were filled, how you were empowered, how you were anointed. You, you, you are my role model. I want to learn from you. Uh, um, I want to learn from you. So the first thing is, is, is this thing of, of being filled with the Spirit. I said it's an impossibility, except... God, he does it. It's grace. It's as a result of Calvary. It's because the way has been made by his son. He is delighted. It says, well, Jesus said, if you parents being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father will give the Holy Spirit to those who 
are good enough, who earnest, who I like. No, who ask him. Ask him. It's simple. It's simple. Um, and I'm going to end probably, if I remember, to tell you the story about a, a man I met in China. He became my friend. He couldn't speak. He couldn't hear. He didn't even have a name. He only had a number. Imagine giving someone a number and it was just God. How he came into all of this. He still can't hear. And he, heard, he, he, he groans a bit. But boy, is he filled with the Holy Spirit. So, but I know in his heart one night he asked. I'll tell you that if I remember it then. So there's a couple of things just to be aware of from our, from our point of view that are really helpful. And sometimes the Lord has to wait until we're at that stage. One is emptiness and the other is openness. Emptiness and openness. You can't fill a jar that's already full, and you can't fill a jar that isn't open. And that's why in Acts chapter 2, that was the day, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the time had come, and those men who'd heard everything else, and the piercing of the Spirit in their heart opened their heart to him. And, and sometimes they're so full of ego, self-importance, independence, self-reliance, and can build up over the years that we hardly think that we have it, but sometimes comes. And when it comes, and it can come sometimes, in fact, often as we, as we walk on with the Lord and we kind of get a bit proud or a bit, oh yeah, I know it all, or I, da, da, da. oh no, we don't, Lord, I, I'm in need of you. And he brings us into that place. Maybe it's something that you didn't want to happen in your life, but you're there because the Lord, it's an opportunity to express your need to him. So a sense of need and a willingness. So that's, these are just basic things, but they're helpful to be reminded of them again. Lord, I, I, I want to empty myself of, of, of anything in the past. Uh, uh, this summer, I celebrated 50 years I mean, I remember hearing people saying, I'm 50 years of Christian. I said, gosh, he's so old. And I realized, yunk, it's gone and I'm there. And I said, Lord, I'm only starting. I'm only beginning to explore this world, this wonder. I'm so glad. Paul says there are ages to come. Hallelujah. One other thing I just want to say about being filled. There's a verse in Ephesians that says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. People who are drunk and Spirit-filled people have one thing in common. They are both controlled people. Their lives and behavior are radically changed by that which fills them. And Paul is saying here, stop living under the controlling influence, okay, of alcohol, of any other substance, but you can live under the controlling influence of your temper, of a, of a lustful thing, of, of, of pride, of, 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 of many things we can... Live on. I talked to a man recently and he, he opened up and he said, oh, if only I could be rid of this. It seems to control my life. And I just said, it doesn't have to. He was a Christian. Um, so he said, but instead be continually living under the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit. And the, the effect of the Holy Spirit coming to us. See, Paul, Paul writing on the, the inspiration of the Spirit is saying, you've got to be filled every day. You've got to be filled. And I think the more we keep a casual, a casual um, sort of attitude to personal holiness, a casual attitude to sin, there, I said the word, <laughs> or a casual attitude to saying no to temptation, there'll be a degree of leakage. The, uh, the spirit is grieved. We feel, well, oh, I feel... Whenever I feel, and I do sometimes feel, reading the Bible can get a bit boring. Or whenever, oh, no... Not another meeting. Finally, after 50 years, knock, knock, take care. The 
get before the Lord and ask him to fill you with fresh appetite, fresh energy, fresh desire for him. Now, it may or may not happen immediately, but certainly within an hour or two or a day or two, boy, I'm, I'm back there. Thank you, Lord. You reminded me of that. Okay. One other thing about being filled with the Spirit and, and, and because there's various wonderful Christian people and a whole maybe different types of doctrine about it. And, 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 and I don't want to go in there yet. We don't have the time. But I just heard someone say, a man or a woman with an experience is not at the mercy of a person with an argument. Now, I don't mean we go about just experience and experience and experience. No, no, no. It's based on what I've said. But when you've experienced something, when I've experienced, when Eric experienced, when Patrick's experienced something, when we've experienced something, this is real. This is real. Uh, I'm not sure if it's one, two, three, four, or all at once or anything, but this is real. Just go on in that, because one of the, one of the ministries of the Spirit, it says he will reveal all truth to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, the second thing is, he said he was led by the Spirit, chapter 4, verse 1, and I said, in the wilderness. Into is okay, but the Greek word, it can be used to either. It makes more sense. He leads us in the wilderness. And one of the results of being filled with the Holy Spirit, you realize after a while that the world is not as great as you thought it was. There are things in the world that you can like, like rugby or, uh, or tennis or whatever else. Or you can like art or color or travel. Of course you can. But actually, I no longer... Yeah, love them. I love him. And, and there is a tre- sense that when you're filled with the Spirit, these things can become a bit of a wilderness to you. And truly, things of the earth, they do grow strangely dim. And being filled with the Spirit will open your eyes to another world that kind of spoils you for, for this world. Um, and so we need to know how to be led through here. We need to know how to be led you men serving in, in this wonderful ministry will know how to be led through it. My friend in China, he knew how to be led to speak to these uh, uh, incredibly powerful communist people who could close down the ministry and, and, and revoke our visas overnight. He knew how to be led. And, and, and so one of the things that um, here with Jesus, he knew how to be led when he was tempted. The son of man, of course he was... God, but he, he, he had, as I said, stripped himself, devoid himself, uh, 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 he emptied himself of that divinity, that divine power, and he was relying solely on the Holy Spirit. And he, we're told very little about these 40 days and how the Spirit led him. And reading it, he was tempted the entire 40 days, various subtle ways. Just remember that at this stage, Lucifer, he was not content with bruising his heel. Prophecy in Genesis 3. He was not content with just bruising the Savior's heel. He was out to strike at his head. And during those 40 days, this was some temptation. We won't probably ever have to pass through these things. But he went through it, and he didn't even know he was hungry because he was engaged in things of the Spirit. But there are various subtle ways, and, and, and just, we could go into that, but here again, it's time. I just want to leave this with, there is always a pattern of temptation. Ever since the garden, all the way through, even I'm, 
if, if you go into this and how Jesus revealed three of the ways that the devil was, was tempting him. It's speculation. Your mind gets open to something else. And you begin to speculate. Oh, yeah, maybe that philosophy is okay. Oh, yeah, maybe. Watch it. <laughs> Be led through it. The second thing after speculation comes enticement. Wakens desire. Oh, I never saw that before. Where did that come from? And if you've been on the road long enough, you realize the variety of ways, the multiplicity of ways that those things can come and hit you. And thirdly, persuasion engages the will to act. He was led through it, and so can you and I, whatever you're going through right now. Don't blame temptation. Don't blame your weakness. Don't blame someone else. Look to him, and his Holy Spirit will lead you through. It's interesting, he only spoke the Scripture. The Spirit led him to quote the Word of God. The Word of God is our sword and faith, and the Word is our shield. I was so encouraged when Eric said they're, they're reading from Romans and Proverbs. Hallelujah, having a family altar. I, I, I can't understand how uh, relatively few Christians really read the Bible anymore. That's a bit of an exaggeration. Many are reading the Bible. But you know what I mean? Don't stop reading this, meditating on it. And there'll be various levels that you'll read it. You'll read it, you'll get, you, you'll get intellectually involved in it, and you'll just use, the Spirit will use it as a springboard. But he chose Deuteronomy. Why did he choose Deuteronomy? I, I, I've wondered that. Well, the theme, there are two themes in Deuteronomy. This is Moses on the plains of Moab, and he gives three or four great discourses before he's taking these couple of million people into the promised land. They thought it was only going to be 10 days. Uh, it was 30, 38 years or so. Uh, okay, so he's there, and he's, talking about, and he's talking about obedience. The theme of Deuteronomy is obedience. It's, it's a divine treat. Treaties on obedience. And the other thing, it reviews the past with an eye to the future. And I don't know, just my feeling, I was reading this during the week, did Jesus review the past? He's going to bruise my heel. I'm going to bruise his head. And the Spirit told him and fortified him and kept, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. And then he had a view to the future. Yes, the cross, but beyond the cross beyond Pentecost, beyond this age, which we'll come to, we'll end on in a minute about the age. And beyond that, he had a view. So, so it's, it's, he, 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 he looked at Satan, he said, you're not going to bruise my head, Satan. I'm going to snap yours. That's the same word, bruise and snap. And, and, and there were, see, the cross had been invoked since before the foundation of the earth. And in that sense, outside of our time sphere, he, he, he was led to that place of the cross as he dealt with that. And he always had his eye on the future. He, he finally, on the leading, I just want to say this. It wasn't just for leading in the wilderness temptation. If you look at um, Luke 4, chapter 13, there is a time gap between 13 and 14 of nearly 12 months. I don't know if you uh, have heard of a harmony of the Gospels, small book, really important if you're, if you're reading the Gospels, and it, it gives you chronological order, what's happening, when and when, and it's, it ties in. You know, people come up to me and they say, oh, even the Gospels, they contradict themselves. Look, look, and I said, no, no, here's my harmony. Oh, 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 right. <laughs> and if you 
look at the harmony of the gospel you see between verse 13 and 14. Jesus was led on probably round about a 250 plus miles round trip on foot before we, he arrives back in part of the spirit of verse 14. And you can do a perusal of where he was led to. He, he went back to the River Jordan, had a brief another brief time with John the Baptist, who, who John had that prophesied, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He, he then moves just a little bit away to, to Bethany where he began to make contact with some of those first disciples, Andrew, Simon, Nathaniel, as the Spirit was leading him. And he, he, he went up to them and he said, uh, what are you looking for? Being led by the Spirit. He didn't barge and said, don't you know I'm the Messiah, you're dirty sinners and I've come to save you. No, he was led by the Spirit. He didn't even quote scripture to them to start with. He did to Satan, but not to them. He just said, what are you looking for? And they said, uh, uh, where do you live? And he said, come and see. He, he began to hook them in. And then he moves 40 miles northwest up to Cana. And you know what happened in there? The wedding, etc. Set, But the spirit was prompting him. This is your first miracle. And in fact, it says it's the first and it's, it's the staging sign of all the other miracles that followed that's an interesting thing. And then a five-day journey, he goes south to Jerusalem. He clears out the temple for the first time, spends some time in Judea. And then, I don't know, but the scripture says, he said, I must needs go to Samaria. Who's leading him? Have you said, I must needs, that's the spirit. My mother told me, she said, when you became a Christian, Larry, she said, yeah, she said, you were more or less the same, but she said, the one thing I noticed you tidied your room. I said, wow, I didn't even know I was doing that. But there was maybe something, I must needs, I must tidy my room. I must take up those smelly socks and put them in the laundry box. There was something happening. And, and, and the spirit must needs, I have to go to Samaria. And the disciples, but that's a, that's a roundabout route. Can't we go to, no, I must need go. The spirit was leading him. And we all know, chapter four of John, hallelujah. The, 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 I think it's the first time he actually says it clearly to the woman. And isn't it wonderful he said it to a woman, a Samaritan woman, a loose woman, living with a lot of men in the past, having a great reputation. And he says, I who speak to you am the Messiah. The Spirit led him to say that. He was reluctant to say it in other places. And then he talks to him, he describes him what his father's like. God is spirit, and those who worship it, etc., etc. Okay, and then he's packed up to Galilee, and here we are here, and he's about to go to Nazareth, to his hometown, being led by the Spirit. It's wonderful. He leads us at every stage in your life. And this morning, if you feel, well, I'm not sure what stage I'm at, he's with you in it, and there is another stage. There may be something around the corner. There's maybe something just ahead. Some things will really surprise you, being led of the Spirit. If I time, many of you could say this, I could tell you stories about being led by the Spirit at airports and getting on wrong planes, but it was the right plane and, 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 and avoiding the snake, but having to take something else when they gave it to you for food. All these, you are led in every, and in everyday situations of life, we are, are led by the Spirit. But let's move on quickly. In the power of the Spirit, verse 14, the power of the Spirit. You know, in the last 50, 60 years, the Christians, they, we've got the power of the Spirit and the power, and we all put like the, but it's really a power to live. It's a power to do what you guys are doing uh, uh, in the rugby world. It, it's part to live where you are. 
Maybe to live with that wife or that husband who still doesn't believe the Lord. He will give you power to be gracious, to be understanding, to be tender. Did you know there's a law of kindness in Proverbs? It talks about the law of kindness. And sometimes if you put the law of kindness in operation, things will work. This is the sort of power as well. Every day, yes, there are miracles. Yes, there are other things on a bigger stage that that can happen. But he emptied himself so that he could be empowered by the Holy Spirit and inspire us to be empowered. Someone wrote this, that Jesus divinely, his divinity, sorry, was mediated to his humanity by the Holy Spirit. And that was his power. You remember once he cast out a demon and the religious people, they accused him that he was a demon himself, the chief of demons. And it's interesting what he said to them. He attributed, if you're attributing my supernatural works to Satan, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And then the next chapter he said, I cast out demons by the Spirit of God. He moved by the Spirit in power. Um, The issue is not how much of the Spirit we have. He doesn't shortchange us, but it's how much of us he has. I find that capacity of my heart, my will, my dreams, my mind, my mission. There's always, oh, Lord, there's more of this you have to do. You have to clear up in my life. I thought I'd be, it's okay, my son. I just want you to submit. I just want you to yield to me. And Jesus was always fully surrendered and fully reliant on the Spirit's control. Finally, by the way, we could say a lot more about the power of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. Jesus himself promised you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And some of you know what that word witnesses means. Martyr. That's what it means in the Greek. Oh, (laughs) in other words... The word of the kingdom that Jesus spoke about during the parable of the sower of the seed, and he says in Mark, if you don't understand this parable, you won't really understand all the other parables. What's so important about the parable of the sower of the seed? He says in that, he said, that those who don't understand the word of the kingdom get choked. What is the word? The word of the kingdom is you've got to be a seed to go into the ground and die and rise up again. And the Holy Spirit will lead you into that. Don't try to do it yourself. I mean, I I don't want to be irreverent, but you're not able to crucify yourself. Okay? He does it in his way, in his time, to release greater capacity in your life to be filled and empowered and led by the Spirit. Finally, in verse 18, he says, The Spirit, this is in his hometown in Nazareth, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me anointed me. Uh, we, we, we don't need to go into all of what that word means, but there is a, there is, it's, it's Messiah means the promised anointed one, the Savior. Christ, Christos, is a derivative of the word to anoint. And of course, he was the supremely anointed man. He was the supremely anointed son of God. In the Old Testament, they would rub on oil. That was an anointing. If there was a prophet, if there was a priest, if there was a king, they would anoint him with oil. Certain ceremonies, certain men would come in and do it, and they had to be anointed with oil. But he, the Lord Jesus Christ, is all. 
He is both prophet, priest, and king. He is the anointed one. And that's important to bear in mind. Um, And when a person, God's spirit's activity was involved in anointing and empowering Jesus for the ministry that he's now continuing on in, in Nazareth. Okay, wonderful things. I'm going to just look at the last one. So there's preach the gospel, heal the crushed, the broken, herald freedom to prisoners of war, restore sight to blindness, spiritual, mental, physical blindness, bring freedom to downtrodden, oppressed, bruised. What a ministry that he's anointed to do by his spirit. And then he says this, I could speak well on those other five, but this one always puzzled me. And he's anointed me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What's he meaning there? Well, in Old Testament thought, this acceptable year was equates to the year of Jubilee. Now, the, Her Majesty's had her um, seven platinum Jubilee, and I hope I won't offend anyone, but isn't she a great woman? Just a wonderful woman. But in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, God, the children of Israel, Moses, they, they, they introduced the year of Jubilee. This every 50 years. Here's what would happen. Every 50 years. Mortgaged land was returned to the original owner. Debts were waived and extinguished. Slaves were released and restoration of any repossessed goods. If you were about, you know, oh, it's only how many years to go? Three years to Jubilee. Oh, I have to get another. You were waiting for it. You were waiting for it because something happened that set you free. Of course, it speaks of redemption. It speaks of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. But it says it's an acceptable, an acceptable, um, the, you see, what age are we in now? The age of grace, okay? Aren't you glad you're, you're living in the age of grace? It began probably about AD 30, 32. So it's 1992 years we've been in the age of grace. Before that, there was an age of, uh, the age of the law. And if you're into church history and Augustine, he, he, he says there were five or six ages up to, from the beginning up to the coming of Christ again. But I know now we're in the age of grace. Paul talks about ages to come. This age will end, brothers and sisters. This is very acceptable age. This is a very acceptable age for you to make Jesus Christ your personal savior. This is an acceptable age for you to know your sins forgiven. This is a very acceptable age to come into the fullness, the leading, the empowering, the anointing of the Spirit. But I have to say, this age will end. Have a look at this. Jesus is quoting from Isaiah chapter 61. And verse 19 of Luke 4 is only half the verse 2 of Isaiah 61. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He doesn't proceed to on the day of vengeance of our God. Because... He knew that his mission at that time was not to condemn the world, but to save us. His mission statement was always to seek and to save that which was lost. But he was aware, of course, of 
a coming day when he would execute judgment committed to him. And you can read about that in John chapter 5. He talks about the judgment the Father has committed to him. He doesn't talk a huge amount about that. And what Isaiah saw in that prophecy, how he saw it, how he heard it, we don't know, but it was the double-faceted ministry of Jesus Christ. But he, Jesus apportions them separately. He says, now is the acceptable day. And it's acceptable because of the blood. It's acceptable because of the cross. It's acceptable because of my redemption for you. It's an acceptable time to be filled by your spirit. If You've never been filled by your spirit. There's a man we knew in China. First time I met him, he was over there in the corner of a, of a courtyard. Rain was torn down. He was, we didn't know. He was like that guy in the Lord of the Rings, uh, Gollum. And he was there like that, and he had a, a sheet and not much hair. And we, and we were rushing. It was raining, and we were going in. But I couldn't get him out of my mind. And I said to one of our carers, we employed about 300 workers at one time, carers, nurses, some doctors. They were all from the underground church. Imagine ex- having to explain that to the welfare society out there and the Communist Party. Uh, I won't say, maybe we were slightly sort of economical with the truth when they'd ask or we'd avoid the subject, but the Lord, he showed that. But anyway, I, I say to one of our sisters, who's he? Oh, she said, yeah, he, he said, he doesn't have a name. He's deaf mute, he just has a number. And I said, can we? So they brought him in, and he was crying, he was just whizzing. He was, uh, and he was probably only in his 20s. He looked so old, and he was fair, he'd, he'd always been beaten. And, 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 and the girls, the nurses were so full of compassion, they gave him a bit of a job in the laundry. Six months later, I was back, and he was in there. He was arning, and he waved at me. He can't speak, can't hear. And, and time went on. We used to have a meeting every night up in the top of this large building, which, which housed all the offices and where some of the people had their rooms. And we used to have just praise and worship and prayer time to the Lord every evening. It was only really for the Westerners, our non-Chinese with that, but obviously some of the workers came up. And one day he snuck in. And there we were praising. I actually wasn't there, but they told me the story. And someone had a word. You could say it was a word of prophecy, a word of knowledge. It was just say, I feel the Lord is saying something to me. He can't hear. But the word was, if you want to respond, come out. And apparently he moved. Who told him? Holy Spirit on his life. He moved out. He got down on his knees. And someone had a good discerning, loving spirit. They prayed over him. He nodded. He's still with the work. In fact, they're training him now to be, uh, to be a barista. <laughs> He's probably about 50. One of the times I went out and We'd get off the bus or out of the car, and he ran over to me, and he grabbed my hand. He introduced me to a young lady who could speak. And then another time, he brings out, and he's a little bit. You see, he got filled with the Spirit. There's no impossibility. Some of you say, oh, my life's so bad, or I've tried it before. It's not an it. You've got to come again. It's an acceptable time. Hallelujah. Well, we got in under one. We started 10 minutes late, and it was wonderful uh, uh, hearing from these men this morning and Eric and, and Hallelujah. I, I just hope the Spirit of the Lord, the wonderful worship that's come, Patrick and Andy and Stephen leading, hasn't, isn't the Lord good? Now, if you're being led through something that seems difficult, it's wilderness, it's painful, he, he will lead you through. 
if you've known barrenness in your life and you feel, I, I don't really, I don't have, have this interest in ask him. Lord, come. I'm tired. If I'm honest with you, Lord, the Bible, even church, it bores me. Make me excited about it again. Fill me, fill me. You do that. We're not going to have an appeal or anything this morning. I'm just going to pray, pass back to Stephen. But that's his word, I believe, on this Pentecost Sunday. That we can be filled. We can be led. We can be empowered for the most difficult of tasks. We can be guided by the Spirit. And we can have his anointing. What a generous God you are, Father, Son, Spirit. Lord, Lord, we read in your word, it's the Spirit of God, and another verse, the Spirit of Christ, and then the Spirit, Lord, you're wonderful. I don't want to understand you just, Lord, I just want to know you <laughs> and experience you in, in greater depths and ways. And we pray, Lord, for any in this time here today or online who are just going through that valley of a shadow of death and maybe, awful, Lord, the world is a wilderness. Will you show? Will you enlighten? Will you lead? Will you, will you guide? We know you will, and we're asking you, Father. Will you heal? Lord, there's someone listening in today. They're, they're, they're just very, very depressed in a dark place. Lord, shine your light by your Holy Spirit, we pray. Right now, we ask you that they will know beyond a shadow of doubt that you are merciful. You're good. And you've come to rescue them and steer them through that situation. And we commit the rest of this day to you, Father. Thank you for the, making it an acceptable day, an acceptable age that we live in. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.